Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to advance in leadership, then this podcast is for you. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, and Monica Marquez, senior corporate leader, ex-Googler, and diversity expert. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Hi, everyone. I'm Monica, your host for today, and welcome to Beyond Barriers. So today, I want to dive right into the topic of how do we get our voices back? And part of the reason is because I've had several discussions over the course of the last week with various different women and cohorts of women that come through our Beyond Barriers Accelerator. And for some reason, this week, one of the prevailing topics has been, how do I find my voice in meetings? How do I stop the, you know, um, how do I address the man-terrupting or the mansplaining? Or how do I take my power back when we have some of the bro pro, what they call the bro-propriating, where men are taking credit for ideas or, you know, you get interrupted and a male in the meeting is explaining what you're trying to say, or you just blatantly just get interrupted and overlooked or over, you know, outvoiced. And so I thought this is really interesting because it is something that has been prevalent and a challenge for women for decades. Um, I remember 20 years ago when I started, you know, my career in corporate, you know, hearing women and senior women talk about it. And this isn't something that just junior level women are dealing with. It's women at all levels, at the highest levels of organizations. And in outside of these meetings, they are strong, bold, you know, very um, pioneering individuals. But for whatever reason, in meetings, research has shown that there is a struggle. There's a struggle for women who feel like their voices are drowned out, um, can't even get a word in edgewise in the conversation. And there's been research done. Harvard did an extensive research study where they surveyed over 7,000 individuals, both men and women, to kind of understand what is this phenomenon that happens in meetings. And the, you know, women were saying, yes, I've experienced it. Um, and how do I address it? Men were also acknowledging that there was something going on, but they chalked it up to a whole lot of different things of pers- the individuals being timid or you know defensive or just emotional, just ex- excessive emotion. So there was you know definitely some <clears throat> budding heads of what was really causing it. But at the end of the day, after the research, there were a lot of insights that came from. Uh, the research that I think will really help individuals think about how do you become more comfortable and become more effective in meetings? And how do you take your power back when you feel like you've been robbed of the power and you can't really get your point across? And what's even worse, in this day and age, the latest research, there was a poll done by Catalyst, which is a nonprofit that focuses on helping women also accelerate in in the workplace similar to beyond barriers they did a they did a study and they reached out to 1200 or 1100 women and the feedback was that 45% of them felt that given now in this day and age of virtual meetings this problem has become even harder and harder because some of the 
tactics that individuals were using, you know, to be heard in live meetings are harder to do virtually. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that because I've had experiences myself in meetings where I felt, you know, my comment was overlooked or there was an awkward pause, like they thought about it. And then someone just started talking again and it got completely dismissed. So how do you take your power back? Because I remember in those moments, I wasn't prepared to take my power back. And I walked out of that meeting fuming and just upset and kind of, I should have said this or, you know, just upset and ruminated and wasted a lot of energy and time thinking about it. When my other peers in the meeting, it rolled off their back. They didn't even, it didn't even cross their mind again. Um, And I found this out after doing research and reaching out to individuals, getting feedback of how I could do better. And so really at the end of the day, we need to think about what do we need to do in order for our voices to be heard and getting direct feedback from you know, individuals about your meeting behavior, what it is that you do or how you're being perceived. And then also figuring out ways to identify people who can be some allies and advocates around the table who can invite you into the conversation when they see you struggling. So let's dive a little bit into that. I want to share a little bit of, um, you know, data points that, you know, some of the research that even Harvard Business Review did. And this isn't, like I mentioned, a new problem. This is something that's been going on a while. And one of the most interesting research studies that Harvard did was about six or seven years ago. So you can see it's been a problem that's been around, but they took over 7,000 surveys to really understand what's going on in these meetings. And women were saying, you know, things like, well, I get, you know, I get overlooked or I just, you know, can't get a word in edgewise, or they themselves start getting feelings of self-doubt and they shrink themselves in the meetings opposed to taking up more space, walking in, being more assertive and having a point of view. Now, the important thing is, is that, uh, you know, the really great thing about the study is they broke it down into what do men see happening in the meetings and what do women see happening in the meetings. And the interesting thing was, is that what men saw was that women weren't being concise, they weren't getting to the point, and that in some cases they were a little too passionate or over-emotional in the meetings, and that was what was causing them to get overlooked. Now, we can all get upset and say, listen, women are held to, there's a double standard there, and the unfortunate truth is, yes, there is some systemic bias and barriers in there. But until those things can actually change, we've got to figure out ways to work around them or, you know, work over them, under them, whatever it takes. And so, you know, the feedback was, is that sometimes, you know, women, when they did speak up, they would go off on tangents and they wouldn't present any new facts or they would make a point, but they wouldn't back it up with evidence. And they would get wrapped up in, you know, the the passion around the topic. And so that meant that means that, you know, they were thinking that, okay, they're not adding anything new. They're not being concise. And I don't want to challenge them because they're going to get upset. So I'm just going to change the subject and move on to something else. And that is what was happening and what a lot of men were seeing in these meetings. However, women, of course, said that, you know, they felt like, okay, they were really, it was harder to read the room because, you know, men would um, not necessarily be as, as 
prepared as women where women might have PowerPoints and all of these things and would have a lot of information that they wanted to share, but they weren't using what, you know, sometimes people call high D communication of let get to the point. What is it that you're trying to say? And they weren't using language that they consider what to be called muscular language. It was a little timid and a little kind of standoffish. And so those were interesting things of, you know, what can women do? And so one of the key things that they shared is that women need to prepare before the meeting, but not in the sense that we think, because women do a really great job of being prepared, you know, having your PowerPoint deck, having all your ducks in a row, those types of things. The pre preparation that women were not doing that most men were doing was called the pre-meeting kind of solicitation. They were soft socializing their ideas with other people who were going to be around the table prior to the meeting. And that is one thing that women sometimes don't do because sometimes you find yourself as being the only and you already feel like the numbers are stacked against you. You have to make an another concerted effort or really be proactive and, you know, just intentional effort to identify who are some of the people in the room that could be friendlies? Who are people that you have, you know, some sort of connection with that you can leverage in that meeting? And before you present or before you have an idea in an important meeting, a meeting that, you know, you want to make sure that you have some, you know, you have some stake in the game, that you go before the meeting and you basically have conversations about what is your point of view and get buy-in before that meeting and garner support and test your ideas out and maybe tweak the way that you're saying it so that those individuals aren't hearing it for the first time, but then they can also chime in and support you and give you that support that you need. The other was leveraging that person to you know be able to say, hey, I really want to make a point in this meeting, but... I struggle with getting my point of view heard or, you know, getting the floor. Can you help me in doing that? And so part of it is being strategic and really getting the help of, you know, someone saying, you know, hey, Monica, I know you were, you know, you had something to say about this or you and I were talking about this a while back and they bring you into that conversation. So that was that kind of preparation that women were not doing. They were prepared in all the other facets, but not necessarily doing the pre-meeting so, you know, just soft socialization of what it is that they wanted to talk about. So that's something you should consider. Now, that might be easier in real life when you're in the office and before you go into the meeting, you can make rounds and kind of connect with people beforehand, show up early to the meeting and maybe connect with them beforehand or something like that. But in virtual meetings, that's really hard to do. So you actually are going to have to plan a little better and maybe reach out the day before or via instant messaging or something along those lines of, hey, we're about to go into this meeting. I, you know, hear my thoughts and I would really love your support in, in this situation of like being able to reach out beforehand. It's, it's going to be a little different in the virtual world. So be creative and think about ways of how you can talk to these individuals before that important meeting so that you know who you've enlisted the help of and maybe this will help you be heard a little better. Now, the other piece, of course, is the hard part is, is that <clears throat> in those moments, sometimes when you do get you know, talked over, what is it that you can say in order to gain your power back? And we all saw a really great example during the presidential debates when Kamala Harris was like, I'm speaking and, you know, took the floor back. 
that is honestly what we need to start doing is feeling confident to be able to find ways or have you know, the phrases, the statements that you need to make to take the power back. And it could be something as simple as like, hold on, I haven't finished my thought, um, you know, and then be able to to go on saying that or saying, I'm sorry, I'm not done speaking. I really hear, want to hear your perspective and what you want to say, but let me finish and then go on, you know, doing that where it may be trying not to be very, you know, um, defensive in that way, but keeping an even keeled tone. That was the other important thing that they brought about is that sometimes the reason women were being called too emotional was because the pitch of their voice would change whenever they started getting frustrated or upset or angry. And so learning to make sure that you can control your voice and make sure that you stay even keeled and you don't, you know, resort to sarcasm or just being very short and, you know, an abrupt of how do you practice that? How do you practice, you know, keeping that? And believe me, I know keeping that, you know, the boil at bay and, and getting your point across. And so it was just different things of learning how to say, you know, even in, in some cases being bold enough to maybe not interrupt, but in that moment, in that pause, being able to say, have you thought about it this way? Or what if you looked at it like this and you taking the floor whenever you are trying to get a word in edgewise? But the most important thing they came out in saying is leveraging more muscular language. And so it was basically being you know, more kind of proactive language opposed to passive. And, and, and I am, when I read these, I was like, oh my goodness, I say these things all the time. And I learned to switch and say it differently. And so rather than saying, how about it's, I strongly suggest this. Um, it's more assertive. It's more confident in one of those things of like, yeah, I tend to agree or just nodding your head, being able to say something much more assertive of, that's absolutely right. And here's why. And then adding why you believe, you know, so strongly in that. The one that I used to do all the time that's the worst is I think, or maybe I would start my sentences with that. And I'll never forget one time, one of my sponsors to this day and one of my first managers, and his name is Lance Laverne. I'm, and <laughs> some of you may know him. I walked out of a meeting one time and he was someone who gave me some golden advice. And he was like, listen, Monica, you are an expert in this space. He was like, do not start with, I think, or maybe he was like, you know, so you need to go in rather than saying, I think, or maybe we should, it's just like, here's my advice my strong advice is this and just make your statement, not kind of edging it with, I think, or maybe because you're leaving that window open of like you, you know, it's just a little bit more passive and you're not as confident. The other is, you know, maybe we can do this instead. It's just like, here's my plan. Here's what I, you know, here's what I'm thinking. You can still use the word thinking, but it's just like, here's what I'm thinking, but you're more confident and you're going to lay out the plan. And the other that I used to always do is, well, what if we did it this way? Um, I had to learn to say, I recommend this. And so just being much more proactive and assertive in my language and more confident and being able to know those keywords that I was going to say to start off a statement that is really, honestly, it was the hook, right? It was the hook that, oh, she's confident when I was saying things like, I strongly suggest, or I completely agree, and here's why, or here's my plan. 
it basically set me up like a leader. Like I knew what I was talking about and my perspective was then heard. But whenever I was doing a, I, you know, mm, I'm, I think, or maybe, or shouldn't we? And it was also the pitch, the way that I was kind of starting those sentences. So it took some practice and it took me getting in front of a mirror and practicing to do that. And it also took feedback from people in the room. So I used to enlist the help of others and say, hey, I plan on making some you know, strong points in this meeting. After the meeting, I would go up to them and say, how did I do? How could have I said that better? Did I come across assertive or how did I miss the mark? And you need to get that feedback because they're not going to give it to you freely because men also in the study said that they're afraid sometimes to give women feedback because they'll get upset or they'll get emotional. And so if you go and give and ask for the feedback and give them permission to give you the feedback, you'll be able to get better and better in, you know, just taking your power back in the meetings. And in some cases, not losing your power because you've had this conversation with those individuals and you'll have people in the room who will be much more cognizant that they're doing that. At the, at the end of the day, the research was showing is that this isn't being done out of malintent. There is never any malintent. The impact may be negative, but it's just the way that the conversation was rolling and women were personalizing it a lot more, which is hard, which is hard not to do. I'll admit I'm the first one who finds it very hard to depersonalize things. But the one thing also the study brought out is that men don't personalize that. So if you have... An, uh, what you could maybe call an argument in a meeting or a point counterpoint. And it, even if it gets a little heated um, after the meeting, the guys will, it rolls off their back. They'll go have a beer with each other and that type of thing. And women tend to ruminate and, you know, get upset and waste a lot of energy. And so learning to depersonalize that and know that, you know, at the end of the meeting, like what was said, as long as you get your points across, then things are, you know, things will be better. They may not be perfect and they may not be, you know, just peachy and easy. But at the end of the day, you've learned to take your power back and you're not leaving that room feeling disheartened, feeling less than, feeling undervalued. You've learned how to take your power back and how to say what you need to say. What if you could pinpoint the invisible ceilings limiting your success? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers so you can take action and gain unstoppable momentum to advance as a future-ready leader. Well, that's exactly what the Beyond Barriers quiz will help you discover. You'll get your personalized score based on the 25 essential elements proven to accelerate success in the digital age, so you can understand what's holding you back and where to focus your efforts. The Beyond Barriers quiz is completely free and takes just a few minutes. Go to imbeyondbarriers.com slash quiz and take the quiz today. So it's really not what we say, it's how we say it. And so making sure that we are speaking in a much more assertive kind of confident way. And believe me, there's a fine line, right? And there are the double standards that we're dealing with, but that's part of the reason you've got to test and learn, test and learn. And it's different with different audiences as well. And so making sure that you're enlisting 
individuals in those meetings to give you the feedback that you need that maybe you are coming across a little too assertive, or maybe you aren't coming across assertive enough, or maybe you are coming across assertive, but you're being too long-winded. So be much more concise, et cetera. So it's not going to happen overnight and it's not going to be an easy fix. Um, and you are going to have to enlist the help of others, but we have to learn to take our power back and being able to have those little phrases in the back of your pocket to say, you know, hold on, I'm not finished making my point and being able to then finish your point or being able to say, thank you, Michael. I appreciate you, you know, bringing my idea back up. You've articulated it much better than I did, but that's exactly what I was saying earlier is this is the way we should go because X, Y, and Z. So even in those situations where maybe your idea gets bypassed and somebody else takes it, being able to have a phrase or two to take some of that power and take some of that credit back and know that it's going to happen. Don't let it fluster you. Don't let it, you know, um, don't let them get the best of you and lose your, your presence, your executive presence in that meeting, but it's going to take practice. So what I suggest is go to the mirror, prepare, know your stuff, know your, your, you, your research, whatever it is that you have, know your content cold, but learn how to be much more muscular in your language. Remember saying things like, I strongly suggest my strong advice is I completely agree because X, Y, Z, or here is my plan. No more. I think maybe, or should we, none of that be assertive, be prepared and just be who you are. You know, your stuff, you wouldn't be in that room otherwise. And so it just takes a little bit of practice. It's like a performance. It's like anything that we do in order to, you know, master it. It's going to take a little bit of trial and error. You may not get it right the first time, but you can continue to do this even virtually. And I think we will all start finding our voices and getting a little louder. So until these things go away, which I don't think they're going to go away anytime soon, um, we've got to learn how to navigate around them. So I hope this was helpful. And I hope that you will leverage some of these habits and these hacks um, so that you can continue to go beyond barriers. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.